Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. What's up, guys? Jake Noaker from Tapped Out. You can check out the podcast Saturdays, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the BetQL Network. But tonight or today, whenever you're watching this, wherever you're watching this, I have an awesome guest, uh, one of my good friends from the MMA Twitterverse. Many of you know him as Kev Jitsu. I know him as, and most of you will know him as, Kevin Shaughnessy. Kev, my man, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Jake? We're chilling a little, uh, a little early in the morning here, but you know, opposite coast, we had to make it work. Special guest, I will stay yeah. up late for you. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I'm going to ask you questions. I know a lot of these answers. I'm sure some of the people watching will know a lot of these answers, but let's start out by just like kind of telling the world, telling the audience who you are, like where you're from, what do you do? Obviously you're a fighter, but just, just fill us in on the life of Kev a little bit, you know? Well, I grew up in a city called Waltham, Massachusetts. It's about 20-ish minutes outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, it's like a fairly big town, like 70,000 people or something like that. So uh, I grew up there. Um, I started training jujitsu after high school when I was about uh, 20 years old. My dad had passed away in 2013. So uh, my little brother and I wanted to do something productive. I started bringing him to the gym with me, and we were lifting a lot. And I, uh, I met a jujitsu gym manager at the workout world I was lifting at. And uh, he invited my brother and I to come for a free session one day. We went for the free session. I uh, got hooked on jujitsu, got my ass whooped by some 16-year-old kid in the gi for like literally an hour. Like he just was ragged on me. And I was so confused because I thought I was kind of tough growing up, getting in fights and stuff. I could usually hold my own pretty good. And there's a 16 year old kid just demolishing me. And I was like, wow, I had so many questions. So my brother and I got, got hooked and uh, that's how the training started and everything. And um, I was doing some not so great stuff after high school. And that kind of helped like merge me into a better path rather than I was just selling a lot of weed and stuff, like moving about pound a week of weed from my apartment, from my mom's house. And um yeah, the jujitsu and martial arts kind of took me in that good path instead. So, such a such a classic story. Not necessarily selling pounds of weed out of your mom's house, but <laughs> just like 
MMA seems to get people out of trouble, out of rough spots in their life, you know? So yeah, for real. Um, so you said you're trained before we get to that real quick, uh, you train and fight, but before we get to that real quick, you're in your car at your lunch break at 10 o'clock PM. You don't need to tell me where you work, but just, you know, you're not a full-time fighter. You do this on the side. So what do you do for a living? Yeah. So basically I end up working, uh, anywhere from like 40 to 48 hours a week. I work at a food warehouse. So basically I work at a food warehouse in Portland and we distribute, I can actually, uh, we have all these trucks in front of me. So basically what we do is we load up these trucks with pallets of food all night long. And then, um, the truck drivers come in the morning, grab the trucks and they drive them all over the Pacific Northwest, like Seattle, all different places in Oregon, a bunch of really famous food shops here, pizza places, et cetera, restaurants, donuts, shops. So I can be making pallets of flour all night, milk, eggs, cheese. Uh, it can be dry goods like honey and all this other stuff too so i'm basically building pallets for like anywhere from eight to ten hours a night um and that's after training all day so i work about like 5 30 p.m until anywhere from two to like four four thirty in the morning usually yeah that's a that's a long day man especially you because you work after you train yes so i uh so then i'll I wake up in the morning and I go straight to American top team in Portland. That's where I train now. I moved out here, March, 2020. So right before the pandemic. And I actually moved here to transition into MMA from jujitsu. I had gotten my purple belt in jujitsu December, 2019. And I said, when I got my purple belt, I wanted to transition into MMA. So my wife and I, she she encouraged me to go for it. She actually found the American top team in Portland for me and was like, Hey, I found this gym over here. I did my research and, uh, yeah, we moved out here, started started training there, and um, yeah, I kind of lost focus. The other question, what was it again? No, I was just uh, I was just saying how you're a working man essentially, just balancing oh, yeah, the two yeah. jobs. But you kind of yeah, transitioned but, into what I was going to get to next. Yeah, um, my bad. But no, you're but good. uh, so basically, I, I just I work all night, um, and then I train all day in the morning. Sometimes I get I get to go in a little bit later into work on Mondays because I have class to teach, and on Thursdays, like today, I teach a cardio kickboxing class at five thirty, so I, I go into work a little bit later. But um, but yeah, I basically work all night loading up these trucks with food and ship them all out, and then I train during the day all day. It's crazy, man, because I gotta I have to go to the gym and train after work so I can go home and go to bed. So that's crazy that you work a full yeah. night of work afterwards um yeah, I'm, so for I'm the, fucking exhausted when i get home so yeah i <laughs> bet man you look beat right now you had a long weekend we'll get into that but um yeah i mean honestly last week i had the fight i still worked like 36 hours last week on top of it too so I, that, that was ahead of the weight cut and everything so it's gonna pay off i mean it already is paying off it seems but um we're getting so there for the casuals out there that don't know um just why don't you drop some names who who you train with at the gym like you know brag a little bit so i was enticed to move to the gym because of the professor there professor fabiano scherner uh he's a multiple time jiu-jitsu world champion i think he's up to like 13 time uh world champion by now uh he just recently won another master's world championship uh this last year so i wanted to go to an mma gym that had a really good jiu-jitsu program so my jiu-jitsu could keep building and I can eventually achieve my black belt because like I said I moved out here as a fresh purple belt so there's still a lot for me to learn at that point uh even at this point as a brown belt I still have a lot to learn so I wanted to make sure I had a high high quality instructor he has actually fought in the UFC professor Fabiano Scherner um 
So someone who's actually been in the cage, done the damn thing. Uh, Ed Herman is one of my main coaches. He's been in my corner for all three of my fights, my two MMA fights and my kickboxing fight. Uh, Ricky Simone, uh, Austin Vanderford and Paige Van Zandt were training out here full time when I first moved out here as well. So that was also enticed me to move out here. We just had a lot of high, high level guys like um, Brent Primus also trains out out here. I get to train with him weekly as well. He's in most of the sessions that I'm training and he, he'll be on the mats at the same time. Same with Ricky. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the pros. I train with my my main man, Brian Sherd. You guys will see him on Twitter all the time, too. Lil B. That's my main dude, my amateur training partner. Um, yeah, that, that's my guy right there. So the, that would be my main people that I got a name drop. Oh, we love Lil B. Don't worry about that, man. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's paying off all, all this talent at the gym and the dedication you're putting in is paying off. So we, we talked about you being a fighter. Um, for those that don't know, Kevin just had his second amateur fight this weekend. One uh, decision. A couple marks couple marks a little beat up uh two and oh and then i don't know if he'll say this so i'll brag for him kevin is currently the number two ranked flyweight in the pacific northwest amateur scene so kev like just tell us about the fight tell us about the prep the i know you had a rough weight cuss tell us about that tell us about the fight tell us about this week recovery like i just want to hear about it you know so I mean, honestly, the way that everything went down for this fight was pretty crazy because as an amateur, obviously there aren't many brown belts in jujitsu as an amateur fighter. There aren't many purple belts in jujitsu as amateur fighters. A lot of these guys are white and blue belts with like good striking backgrounds or maybe a good wrestling background or something. Um, so I actually had a tough time. At March fifth, there was a fight card for the FCFF, the people I just fought for, but I got turned down four times for that card actually. Um, because of my brown belt, which like, I don't blame the kids coaches. They don't want to put them in an amateur fight versus brown belt, but they don't want it was getting kind of frustrating. It was getting kind of frustrating for me though. So like I had been training so hard since my last fight was last July. So from July until March, like I expected a fight in March on the FCFF card, but I was getting turned down left and right. Like I said, um, so this kid, Daniel Jimenez fought my teammate, Robbie, and they had a like a three round fight and this kid Daniel ended up triangling my teammate Robbie in the last minute of the fight in the third round. So um he was matched up against this other kid Sam from my school and they were going to have a fight on June 18th which is where I, I just fought. And then I was getting ready for this kickboxing fight. So I, I, my coaches gave me this kickboxing fight instead they're like if we can't get you an MMA fight well, let's get you on this kickboxing smoker show. Uh, and I would think that was April 23rd. So I, I started getting ready for that. But the day before that fight, my coaches came to me and they're like, Hey, Sam actually tore his ACL. Like he's out of the fight with Daniel Jimenez on June 18th. So we don't want to put this like too much in your head, but we need to know if you want to take that fight after this. So I had the kickboxing fight the next day and I was like, fuck it. I'll take it. Like I'm sick of getting turned down. I need to get these fights in. Let's do it. So I did the kickboxing fight and then I won that got 30 27s on all three scorecards and then we went straight into camp the next week for the um for the mma fight so i started getting ready for this kid daniel and um scrappy little tough kid uh, as if any of you guys saw the video of that arm bar attempt i put him in the kid is tough as nails like his arm was like looked like rubber in my lap and he just got out it was incredible but uh, i started preparing for that fight i had about eight weeks seven seven something like that and um, 
because I needed about a week to recover my shin from the kickboxing fight. So I think I had a six or seven week training camp for this fight. And I, I was hitting my strength and conditioning hard, cardio hard. And when it came to the week of the fight, I did my first water load. But uh, the water load, I don't really know if I correctly did it or, or not. And, you know, I had some weight issues the day of the weigh-ins. So Friday, I go to to the gym to weigh in and I'm all like water loaded and stuff. So I expected to be about like 30, 33, 34, but I get to the gym, 135.8 pounds. And this is the day of the weigh-ins at like noon. So I'm like, shit, I got to lose 10 pounds today. Right. So, um, I get in the sauna with Brian again, little B he was there for me all day, from 12 in the morning till eight 30 at night, cutting weight with me. He's, he's a true friend. Um, but I ended up cutting this weight. It was a horrible, horrible experience. Like one of the hardest days of my life making this weight, right? I, I initially missed weight when we get to the to the fight shop. So we have to be at this fight shop at 7 p.m. for weigh-ins, right? So I head over and I know I'm still too heavy. My coach, Ed Herman, he knows I'm too heavy. He's like, listen, we're going to throw your sauna suit back on, put all your sweatpants, sweatshirt on, wrap you in blankets, and you're going to just lay in the back seat on the way to the fight shop so you can keep hot and keep sweating. <laughs> so I walk in the fight shop. Everyone's ready to weigh in. Besides me, I'm like still in all my shit, all my sauna suits. I walk straight into the bathroom. I strip and my wife just dries me with all these paper towels. So I change into my fight shorts. We're just in the bathroom for five minutes. She just I'm still profusely sweating. She's just drying it off me. And then I go to weigh in, but I actually miss at, at 27.6. So I'm 1.6 over, and that's with the hoop on here, right? So this is my first time making 25, right? If I had known, I probably could have planned the cut a little bit better, which obviously next time it will go much smoother. My first MMA fight was at 135. It was on 15 days notice, my debut. I didn't cut any weight at all. The kid was super strong in the cage. I still won, but I don't want to be fighting these 35ers. So, um I, I initially, I ended up making weight by the end of the night, right? But it was horrible. I had to go across the street to the LA Fitness from the gym and cut for another hour and a half until I made the weight with Ed Herman and Brian just in my ear. My wife, she's a trooper. She was down in the lobby waiting for me the whole time. And they're just telling me I can do it the whole time. Uh, I'm, I'm on the bike, like having an out-of-body experience. Like I, I told Ed, like, I feel like I'm not even here anymore. He's like, just keep pedaling. You're still sweating a lot. You're not like dry yet. You're good. So we go make the weight, whatever. It was a tough weight cut, though. And then um, the next day is the morning of the fight, and I feel much better after rehydrating overnight. So I go to the gym. I do my little shakeout warm-up, and then I go get an acai bowl, and then we have to go head over to the fights. So I go head over. Uh, we have to do medicals and whatnot. And then I was about the ninth fight, and I just hate that waiting period. I had a couple teammates coming up before me, the fifth and the seventh fight. And one of them is one of my white belts who comes into my Nogi classes all the time. I teach Monday nights and Friday nights at American Top Team. And uh, so it's one of my students. So it's like, I kind of want to watch, but I don't, you know, I don't want my, to fuck up my adrenaline, but I couldn't help it. But he ended up getting the first round finish. It was great. Great performance by him. Uh, ground and pound the kid out. So that was, that was nice. I was able to just relax after, get ready for the fight. And then that we're in that first round in the fight and I had that deep arm bar. I'm cranking on it. His arms like bending and popping and making noises, but the kid's not tapping. He's tough as nails. He gets out. We have a back and forth second round. I get a takedown. I get mount. Um, I'm not able to do too much with it, but I had good con control time for a while. He's able to get out. He doesn't really do anything. And then the round kind of ends. And then the third round was hell. So I actually get knocked down in the third round. I think it's about a minute into the third round. So I get knocked down right in front of ed and ed's just yelling at me to get up but i'm like 
my legs like aren't working right i'm mentally there like i didn't get knocked down flat i got just got knocked down to my butt and uh i'm like i don't really want to stand up because if i stand up i'm just gonna get knocked down again so i'm trying to think like how charles approaches his fights in a, in a way right i'm like i can recover down here this kid's scared of me down here from the armbar attempt and he's just throwing like little leg kicks from the outside and i'm like all right i can just chill for a second you know but i'm like i don't know if i won that second round so i do need to get the fuck up so i start trying to go into some leg entanglements this kid grabs the cage and stuff and then we end up separating i stand back up he hits me again and I, I drop to a knee. I stand up, I clinch him and I fire a huge knee. So he starts to back up a little bit from the knee. It's probably one of the cleaner shots I landed the whole fight. Um, then we're just kind of scrapping for the last minute, basically. And then it went to the judge's decision. And, and I was thinking that um, we we're going to get a draw. I was thinking I might have won the first two rounds and they might be giving him a 10-8 for dropping me in the last one, even though I was going forward at the end. Or vice versa, since the second round was so close, they might give me a 10-8 for almost finishing the arm bar in the first round and then give him the last two rounds. So I'm like, we're about to get a draw either way here. So I hear the first scorecard is 29-28 for me. And then I hear a 30-27 scorecard for him. In my mind, I'm like, what the fuck? I almost broke this kid's arm. Like, well, on what earth does he win the first round? So now I'm like nervous. I'm like, damn, dude, these judges are going to fuck me right here and give him the split decision. But I end up getting a 29-28 on the last scorecard as well. Won the first two rounds on two of the judges' scorecards. A uh, bunch of the crowd was cheering. His little section was booing a bit. I jumped up on the cage, started yelling, and it was just a fucking awesome moment. So that was the number, like, eighth-ranked flyweight. So that was that's what helped me move up to number two after that fight. So. Dude, that, that's an incredible story. Um, it, it was fucking nuts. And then on top of it, when I was driving home after my tire popped on the bridge from Portland into Washington, and I had to wait three hours for a tow truck after just fighting this kid, doing the weight cut and everything. So it was like a crazy-ass weekend. It was fucking nuts. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Dude, that like the whole the 10 pounds in one day thing. Very few people who are watching this will understand. I, I don't understand 10 pounds in one day. I've cut weight before, but not that. I, dude, that's that's insane. You're not a big the guy. The first six almost, the first six, uh, my body started going into shock for a second and like getting really tight. And I actually had to drink a little bit of water for to keep cutting. So it was, it was a crazy day. Dude, that's, I'm just, I'm glad you fucking went out there and got the dub man well deserved me too man it was such a hectic weekend the win fucking meant a lot so good shit, cool. man. that's it's amazing dude two and oh. we end up going we end up going six and oh as a team that night as well so i had five other teammates on that card we we went six and oh and we won the light heavyweight title in and like the co-main event so that was pretty cool good stuff my yeah. teammate nate shout out nate light heavyweight champion fcff 
let them know, bro. So we're a little bit short on time here. Um, c- coming off this big win, 2-0 amateur. I'm not sure how old you are. How old are you? I'm 28. I'll be 29 in October. I was going to say 27. So. so we're trying to rush this, this amateur career a little bit. A little bit. That's what I was going to ask, though. You're, you're still pretty young, man. You're entering your prime. What's next? 2-0, number two, PNW. What's next? So the goal is to go pro before I'm 30. So it still gives me about a year uh, and a half, a little bit less than a year and a half. So I, I want to get like three or four more amateur fights in. My goal is to fight two more times this year. I'm going to try and get one in by the end of the summer, either August or September, and then fight one more time before the year's up. I want to be the FCFF flyweight champion before the year's up and defend the title. And then I want to go into my, my pro career after that. I, I can't, I can't wait to see you in the UFC someday, man. Like watching you on submission underground was like awesome, but man, thanks, when, thanks. when the buff hits it with Kevin, Sean is a, oh my God. Yeah. A crazy. It, oh, it's going to be cool. It'll be a special moment for everyone for sure. But yeah, dude, like, thanks for coming on here. Stay busy. Keep kicking ass. And like, dude, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm excited to share this. I'm excited for people to watch this and just listen to that story because amateur fighters don't necessarily always get the attention they deserve you guys are the hardest working fighters in my opinion and i know you personally more than other fighters you're a hard working dude man keep at it and like karma's gonna come your way i appreciate that i think a lot of people don't realize what it takes to even become a pro fighter because like you said like i'm at work right now and i just have to work through this whole amateur career and you just you just got to do it until you can get enough to start getting paid luckily i have some sponsors helping me on the way pdx fit it's where i do my strength conditioning um one of my main sponsors and then i have the underdog lawyer the underdog law firm backing me so they're they're certain that i get some money in my pockets through this amateur career and i really appreciate that a lot so awesome man so real quick super quick before we head out most people know but where can they find you where can they follow you any shout outs so twitter it's at kev jitsu one word kev jitsu um on instagram i have it separated with the underline kev underline jitsu some some fuck has kev jitsu already might have to pay that guy off some some point to get <laughs> to get the url from him but uh yeah it's kev underscore jitsu on instagram at kev jitsu on twitter um i'll probably start posting to my youtube page soon it's also just kev jitsu and yeah you guys can find me there pretty much awesome definitely follow him he posts some cool shit um but ladies and gentlemen Hide your kids, hide your wife if you're in the Pacific Northwest. Kev Shaughnessy.